Could you, like, shut your mouth, please? Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Shut Your Mouth, Please podcast. This is episode nine, I'm pretty sure, and I'm here with my husband today. Everybody, welcome Jacob. Hello. Woo! Jacob, you want to tell them a little bit about you? <laughs> um, sure. So, I'm 24 years old. Uh, I'm a helicopter pilot. I don't have that much interesting about me. I like to play games. He's a big gamer. Yeah. Yeah. So, today's episode is going to be on the topic of imposter syndrome because we both have some major imposter syndrome about different things in our lives um and maybe you do too so we want to talk to you guys about it a little bit today but first question of the day you have to sing karaoke what song do you pick you want to go first uh sure so i would pick we didn't start the fire by billy joel uh, because I forced myself to learn it because I don't remember who, in middle school somebody told me that I couldn't learn like they told me that I could not learn all the words to we didn't start the fire so I did and I, mean, I didn't I didn't tell them that I did it I just waited for it to come up again some other time in my life and I knew every word and I was very <laughs> proud yeah uh, he does a lot of things out of spite if you tell him he can't, he's most definitely going to. Fueled by spite. Fueled, Completely yeah. driven by it. Yeah, sponsored by spite, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine would probably be any Taylor Swift song because I know all of the words to every single one. But um, probably one of her singles. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be funny if I rapped Ready For It. I don't <laughs> think anybody would expect that. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, so, yeah, Taylor Swift and Billy Joel. That's very much our personalities. My personality, how do you define a personality as Billy Joel? Music taste. Oh, okay. Music taste has a lot to do with someone's personality. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't say Billy Joel is my genre. I just like We Didn't Start the Fire. That's true. Well, Taylor Swift is very much my genre. It is. Yeah. So, imposter syndrome. I pulled up a definition because while we are both smart and know what it is, it's a little hard to think of a good definition off the top of your head. So... Imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. So basically, you're 100% capable of doing something, but you feel like you're faking it. Maybe you are awesome at art but you're afraid to sell your art because you're like well i'm not an artist i just draw things because i feel that jacob you want to talk about some imposter syndrome moments in your uh, career <laughs> i guess so being as young as i am i i am a flight instructor right now and all the students that come through the school are older than me so it just feels it, it feels weird being in a a role of responsibility teaching people that are probably more generally responsible than me, uh, but I'm kind of responsible for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I teach people how to fly helicopters, and that's weird, considering six years ago, I was in high school. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a lot of responsibility, because it's like life or death. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. And your career field is 
not only are you young as a flight instructor, you're young as a pilot in general. Like, I feel like most people in aviation are, like, retired military guys or, like, they get into it in their 30s or 40s once they, like, built up in their other career and had the money to do it. Like, but you just went straight in after high school into being a pilot. Yeah. I feel like that's, is that very, like, do you know many other people that do that? I I know a couple people that are the same age as me um, that went into aviation when they were, like, 18, 19 out of high school and that's, they knew they wanted to do that. Uh, but yeah, most people that go into helicopters are retired military because they have their GI Bill and they decide, you know, I want to be a helicopter pilot and that's the best way to pay for it. Yeah. And you were 22 when you started, right? I think so. No. When I started flight school? No. When you started teaching other people to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I was 22 when I started as a flight instructor. (laughs) I just turned 24 this summer. Yeah. Which flight instruction is like an entry-level pilot job, which sounds weird. I I mean, like, you'd think it wouldn't be, like, the first thing they let people right out of school do. But it's not a bad thing, necessarily, because all of that knowledge is still fresh. Yeah. Whereas if you're, like, 50, haven't thought about some of it in years, you'd have to kind of reteach yourself. Yeah, there are trade-offs. I'll say it, it's weird looking into aviation, knowing that flight instruction in the United States is, like, an entry-level position. Uh, so it's, it's even weirder as a pilot. So (laughs) if it makes you feel any better, I don't know why it's an entry level position either. Right. Being responsible for anybody else's livelihood, like in general is stressful, but when it's like you're in an aircraft a thousand feet up, like, and one of your student does a, does like a weird maneuver that you're like, whoa, please don't. Yeah. Um, like imposter syndrome there. I know that it's kind of like instinct now to just like take over, like kick in, fix it. But is it like, do you ever think about that and be like, how did I, how did I know that? Yeah. Well, so flying a helicopter after you've flown it for several hundred hours, it's kind of like riding a bike where you don't really have to think about what you're doing anymore. So the initial stage of teaching a student is teaching them the basic movements. So the first flight you'll actually do um, in any kind of aviation is just going to be they're going to take you up to altitude, you know, 1,000, 2,000 feet, where any movements you make aren't going to be dangerous. Like, they can fix it. They have plenty of time to do whatever they want. And they just let you take the controls, and you can fly around. And that's, you know, the first step is learning how to fly the helicopter, the basic movements, and then we'll take you and teach you how to do more involved things, like learning how to hover. But, like, when someone messes up and you fix it, then oh, later yeah. do you think, like, what? how did I just jump into that? Or is it like, oh, yeah? Well, at this point, it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah. I know when too far is too far. I, you know, you've got to let the students make mistakes or they're not going to learn. Right. But you can't let them continue making mistakes if that makes sense like you can let them make a mistake and not let them exacerbate the situation after they've realized oh man i really need to fix this i mean yeah because otherwise you're just like going down yeah exactly (laughs) yeah which is not what anybody wants to happen uh, especially me but you know (laughs) i I think i probably want it to happen less than you (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know um so yeah his imposter syndrome is majorly around like your career professional imposter syndrome yeah not so much the flying the aircraft but 
knowledge associated with teaching yeah kind of things and the responsibility of it yes the responsibility is a big thing i uh i don't know i I went from having no responsibility to having a lot of responsibility whenever i became a flight instructor yeah and then eight months later you got married and took on a whole other level of responsibility as a husband (laughs) yeah but before i before i was a flight instructor um i mean i you know i wasn't i had a girlfriend obviously we were dating yeah but, you know, I worked at Walmart. I lived with my parents. You know, I didn't have, like, regular bills or anything. Right. I had no responsibility. And then December was when I stopped working at Walmart. January was when I started working as a flight instructor from 2018 to 2019. Yeah. And I went, so I went to twenty beginning of 2019, I got, I think, four students to start off with. And they were all... Initial... That was 2020. That wasn't 2019. 2020? 20, 20, yeah. 2019 to 2020. Sorry. Uh, and all of my students that I received were initial student pilots. Yeah. Uh, so they had zero experience with the aircraft. And you were a new instructor. And I, Yeah, I was a new instructor. Yeah. So clarity on the timeline. He graduated flight school in 2018. And like December of 2018 started teaching students in January of 2020. So that's just barely a year of like going from being a student to having students. Yeah. Yeah. And we got engaged that December. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, that's a... I couldn't imagine the stress of that. I didn't really feel that stressed about it. Everything moved so fast that I wasn't really worried about it. It was really fast. Yeah. The only... The the first times that I realized how stressful... Uh, everything was was when I was teaching kind of the more dangerous maneuvers to these students that had never done them before right like emergency procedures and stuff yeah yeah. like like well hovering itself can be dangerous when you don't know what you're doing (laughs) yeah if you don't know what you're doing it's dangerous but um I wouldn't say teaching people how to hover is dangerous it's just a difficult thing to learn yeah you just have to keep them from plunging sideways into the ground yeah yeah (laughs) pretty much my imposter syndrome i am a homemaker housewife however you want to uh, define it i'm majorly responsible for the happenings around our home like i do the majority of like the cleaning and the laundry and the cooking and the planning of the cooking and all of that kind of thing and so i feel like my imposter syndrome number one revolves around my age because I'm a fully responsible mid-twenties almost adult at this point, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I still feel like I'm 17 half the time. Like, I, it's just like, wait, I have to go register my car? I have to go, like, by myself to do this stuff? It just feels like I shouldn't be trusted with such things, even though I'm a fully capable grown adult. Yeah. It's just, it's wacky. And I think maybe part of it is that um, if you guys listen to my last podcast with Kinsey where we talk about moving away from your hometown, I think that part of it might be because I moved straight from living at home with my family to living with my husband. And so I never had that like period of absolute aloneness that like I just like didn't have to go do things alone. So when I do, it's weird. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much responsibility that I'm like, uh wait what i have to do this stuff who said like (laughs) why is this the case so yeah my imposter syndrome about that and then if y'all don't know um 
have a YouTube account where I do like beauty content and lifestyle content. And it's just weird like that I have videos on YouTube that people watch and like take things from. Like I've been watching YouTube since I was probably 11 years old. Now I'm 23 and I'm making my own videos. And so like seeing my own thumbnails in like suggestion boxes and like scrolling down like my homepage and like seeing my own videos is so weird like it just doesn't feel like that should be happening like that other people can see the content I'm making it's weird does that make sense it makes sense to me yeah like and I don't even know how to describe the imposter syndrome there but it's just like why are why do people care what I have to say like I understand that like I don't know I feel like I'm fairly smart and I've been through kind of a lot in life at this point but like I don't know it's like what do I have to give <laughs> yeah people listening to you is weird going straight from being a kid I had a student cite me in a in one of their research papers yeah 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 he, he <laughs> quoted me like and put me as a source yeah that was it's crazy. Someone also asked you if you could be um, their interview subject for a. They had to interview a professional in a field. Yeah, that that's weird too. And he was older <laughs> than me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, being a young adult, I feel like all of us struggle with imposter syndrome. Probably. Like maybe professionally, maybe with just like the responsibilities in life, like I do. But it's just it's just wild. Like, I don't know. I feel like even. When I was younger, like a teenager, I feel like I still had some imposter syndrome. Have you, Did you ever struggle with it before you were, like, on your own? Nah, I mean, I'm pretty used to just taking care of stuff on my own, but being, in a, like, an authority figure, like, being responsible, that's where I feel like I don't belong. Yeah. For those of y'all who don't know, um, I also worked at a superstore um, at some point, and I was in an electronics department, and so, like... Older people would come in all the time with, like, tech issues and, like, ask me for help or ask me to help them with, like, minutes on their phone or setting up devices for people. And I feel like I was always, like, it kind of just happened naturally. Like, I just, eventually you do it so many times that you just know how to. But still, it's like, what if I mess this person's whole <laughs> life up? <laughs> I, like, I... Am I really the one that's qualified to do this here? <laughs> it's just weird. You'd be surprised how qualified you are compared to them, at least. I like know. the so growing up with technology, the it's like learning a new language. I guess you're you're so much more tech literate than yeah. the average person that's like over sixty. Well, and I had training in that field too, because yeah. when you start in a new department, they'll make you watch training videos, so you kind of have an idea of what you're doing. Yeah, but, but some people, I don't know where to cut the age gap off, but, but the older you get, looking at just, like, windows, mm -hmm. they don't, they have no idea what to do. I feel like, so, age, where the age cutoff is, I feel like when you're, like, 35 and something new comes out, that's when you're, like, I don't really understand this totally. Like, TikTok, mm. I'm sure there are, like, older people that totally get it, but, like, I know, like, 40-year-olds that are, like, what? Like, why Why are you doing that on there? What is the point of this? And so I feel like maybe if you're, like, 70 and something came out when you were, like, 35, 40, you, like, you don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not that old yet, so. 
Yeah. Maybe when I get that old, I'll understand. I mean, to be fair, my granddad calls me constantly like, what's this thing on my phone? And I'm like, yeah. I'm 10 hours away from you. I don't know how to help you. He does. I don't think he knows how to turn like his Wi-Fi on his phone <laughs> on and off. I know. I think he, he knows that. But did like, you, did when, he finally figure it out? Yeah. But if there's like any kind of message about like anything that's abnormal, something he doesn't get routinely, he's like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Is it going to like cause a virus on my phone? Because that's something that I feel like older people are really concerned about. Yeah. Uh, well, rightly so to some extent. I mean, yeah. But yeah, when I like had to set people's phones up, there were so many times that like I would just want another coworker to like stand by me or like be in the area so that if something went wrong, I could be like, what do I do? But most of the time, nothing went wrong. And um, advice for those listening, if you ever have to call a... Um, phone company or any kind of tech company and you're talking to a robot you just need to scream speak to a representative over and over again until it gives you a human because it usually will did you do that yeah did you do that like a lot kind of okay yeah because if it's something that like it's not let if there's an issue with like adding someone's phone card on and like it's just giving you an error message then you like have to talk to someone yeah but did it work every time yeah wow you, it's like, press 7 for this option, 8 for this option, just disregard and yell speak to a representative. <laughs> for real, it works. I, I mean, huh. And it's like, oh, connecting you to a live something. I, I wonder if that would work for anything. Probably. If you could just, like, call customer service somewhere. Because, I mean, most customer service places you'll call and you'll get a robot now before they'll even talk to you yeah. with an actual person. I mean, it's worth a shot. Yeah. So any time you call customer <laughs> service... Uh, tell them you want to speak to a representative. Usually you have to repeat it three times and it'll work. But, I mean, that's just the rule. That was just the rule with phone companies. I'd say I'd say for safety, repeat it at least ten times. No. And then maybe give up. <laughs> don't do that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. The um, I just feel like I have so much stuff going on right now. Like, okay, so I started doodling on Instagram. Like, doodling on Procreate, making, like, hand lettering stuff and, like, just fun little drawings and posting them and part of me really wants to open like an etsy store and like sell them as stickers and stuff and like backgrounds whatever but the other part of me is like no one's gonna buy them why would you do that no one cares about your stuff like but i feel like some people do because obviously like people have followed that account okay so imposter syndrome i guess let's get back to topic because we kind of went off on a rant about customer service but <laughs> it's okay um how we overcome it i i don't know <laughs> i feel like you just have to keep doing it like yeah it's not really something you have to even overcome it's just you know you have the expertise usually if you if you land a role uh, doing something professionally, you meet the requirements or they wouldn't have hired you. So you know what to do. Unless you, you lied on your resume, and then that's your own fault. Okay, yeah. If you lie on your resume and you get a job, uh, you should probably maybe worry a little bit more. But if you lied on your resume, you probably won't worry anyways. But I digress. <laughs> so if you got the position, then you, you'll probably be able to meet the requirements. They'll, they'll train you to do whatever you need to do, and you'll probably know what you need to do. And you might have questions for non-standard situations, but as a rule of thumb, your best instinct is probably the correct answer. Yeah. I'd say. So, like, professionally, just you, you should know that if you're in that role already, if they trusted you enough to, like, be like, we'll pay you for our company to do this for us, you're probably okay. Yeah. In life, though... 
like I said, my imposter syndrome a lot of times revolves around me feeling like I'm not capable enough to do the things that are required of me as an adult functioning in society. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like if you ask anyone, like if I asked my, my grandma if something like she was doing, I think that no one really knows what they're doing. Nah. I think that's just the thing about life. You think that like older people than you are so much more like adultier adults than you. But, like, they did, they had to do all of this for the first time, too, and they didn't know what they were doing. Like, that's the thing. It's like, no one ever taught taxes in school. No one te- well, maybe not to the extent that they should. Yeah, well, I was never taught taxes. People don't teach you about health insurance in school. People don't teach you about car insurance premiums in school. And How if to they, register your car. Yeah. yeah. If, if they do, tell me where you live because I'm sending my kids to school there. Because we didn't learn that stuff. Like, no. Anything helpful to us as functioning adults, I feel like we didn't learn. I did learn how to balance a checkbook, yeah. but I don't use checks. <laughs> yeah, the only time we use checks is for, like, rent. Yeah, I, I don't use checks other than that, so I don't really need to balance a checkbook. Yeah, no. But, like, so no one ever taught us all of these, like, adult things that, like, you do them all the time. Like, yeah, you don't register your car all the time. But, like, anytime you move states or anytime you get a new car, you have to. Yeah, getting updated licenses, stuff like that. Yeah. You actually have to, like, get your utilities turned on in apartments and stuff. Making a good budget for yeah. things. I feel like there should have been a required class in high school. Kind of like, you know those stupid, like, intro to freshman year classes you have to take in college? Replace something like that with, like... Here are life skills and not, like, sewing and, like, cook this recipe for monkey bread. Like, I had to take an arts and humanities class in high school, but it would have been a lot more useful if it was, like, a, you know, budgeting or, like, um, I don't know. Something. General adult life tips. Something yeah. like that. Taxes. Like, actual life skills that you need. And I get that, like, you need to know how to sew if you have a hole in your sock. Like... But that's kind of outdated knowledge. Like, yeah, it's good to know how to sew, and yeah, it's good to know how to, like, cook and stuff. But, like, I feel like you learn that on your own. Like, you didn't take life skills, and yeah. you could, I mean, you can look up a YouTube tutorial on how to patch a sock. I could, yeah. Like, that's the thing is that... I'd probably just buy a new sock, though. That's true. That's just who I am. That I, <laughs> Not knocking anybody that would fix their socks, but I'm just lazy enough that I could go get a new sock. I don't blame you. But yeah, like, there should be a class in high school that teaches kids how to do all of these, like, routine things that you have to do as an adult. Like, I don't know. It's just, and I feel like that would make me feel so much more prepared if someone had prepared me for adulthood. Instead of just being like, yeah, hope you can cook this recipe. Don't stick your hand in boiling water. Like, mitochondria powerhouse of the cell that's what i remember from high school which is so stupid like have i used college algebra since then no you might have no i I didn't no i the most in-depth like math stuff i have to do is like multiplication and and division exactly i yeah i just feel like i personally the imposter syndrome that i have would have it just wouldn't be here if someone had actually taught me how to live as a functioning adult in society. But at the same time, like I said, 
everybody has to do these things for the first time. Everyone has to schedule their doctor's appointment by themselves for the first time. Everybody has to go get their driver's license updated by themselves for the first time. Everybody has to do everything for the first time, and they none of them knew what they were doing. And me personally, I might know what I'm doing more than most people because I have anxiety, so I do every research I can possibly do about every new thing that I'm doing in life. That's true. It helps me, actually, because I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't do the research. Yeah. Like, we changed our uh, car light bulb in our headlight the other day. Yeah. Went perfectly smooth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just looked up a YouTube video. Exactly. It's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. If you have imposter syndrome about your profession and you're trying to get a job, I would just say, like, make sure that you keep your skills brushed up. Like, try not to lose the knowledge that you had that you know is going to be applied to the position that you're trying to get. Um, if you have imposter syndrome as an, an adult, use YouTube. Look things up on Google. Read them on credible sites don't just go to like wikipedia pages and trust what it says i hope that you're old enough to know that if you're listening to this podcast um what else just like as a wife i have some imposter syndrome sometimes because i'm like i have to keep this house running (laughs) and i can't imagine being a parent and the imposter syndrome of like i have to raise this child this child is like my soul like i am solely responsible for this child and its well-being that's a little too much responsibility for me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Even, like, our nieces and nephew, like... Yeah. When we are, like, watching them, even if it's for, like, ten minutes, it's like, please don't die on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, please. Oh, the responsibility in life in general as an adult is just wild sometimes. You agree? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was yawning. I can tell. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any other imposter syndrome you have? No. It's mostly just work-related. I, see, I don't use my degree. And even if I was to, like, go get a job, I don't think I would use my degree. So I don't really have imposter syndrome. My degree's in early childhood education, and while I feel like I could be a good teacher, um, we won't really get into all of the negatives about it, but, like, the pay for one not worth it for the responsibility you have yeah but i feel like that'll help me one day when i'm a mom or just whatever you do so usually when jobs want you to have a college education they want you to have a degree it doesn't matter what degree it is they want like an associate's degree you can have an associate's degree in whatever you want if they want you to have a bachelor's degree it's probably the same thing they some places don't even look for relevant work experience they just want you to have you know, that level of degree. For the entry level anyway, because they'll train you on site. Yeah. Which I feel like that would also help imposter syndrome. When I started my job as a flight instructor, there was a lot of training. Hands-on. There, yeah, it's hands-on training. Uh, And even though I was already a, you know, CFII, they still bring you in and they teach you how exactly they want you to teach the students. Yeah. Do you think that's different for every flight school? Oh, yeah. Every flight school and every company that flies helicopters that you work at, they're going to teach you to fly how they want you to fly. They're going to teach you exactly how they want you to fly, and you will fly like that. I feel like that's not good. Why? Like that there should be more of a... 
Standardization? Yeah. Well, there's standardization among companies. Companies will teach you exactly how they want you to fly. Yeah, but like, is there a rhyme or reason to that? Yeah, I've, it's just basically to have the best experience for the customers. As in like... A smooth ride, like a, an enjoyable ride, and then the, the pilot in command of every helicopter has to kind of tread the line between, you know, being safe and doing what the customer wants. Obviously, you don't want to push weather. Yeah. Like, you, you don't want to try and fly through weather when you know it could be dangerous. Uh, but you can't cancel a flight because there's a scary-looking cloud over there. Like, you've got you to gotta make informed decisions uh, about the weather and about airports that you're going to, or not even airports sometimes, but just places you're going to. You know, oil rigs or, you know, a field somewhere. Yeah. Does it ever stress you out when you have to, like, do a flight plan and, like, plan exactly what you're doing where you're going for the day? Nah, that's pretty basic stuff. That's So that's something that you learn in the initial stage of training because flight planning is something that every pilot needs to know how to do. Right. So you learn it really quickly. You learn how to flight plan before you even learn how to solo the helicopter. Okay. Like, you, you learn how to how to plan out... You know, we teach them how to use the GPS. We teach them how to use a uh, a sectional, which is basically just a map of the area. Uh, we teach them how to pick out good waypoints, you know, calculating the time it's going to take to get places so they know exactly where they are along their route at all times, even if they don't have their GPS, you know, wind correction angles, that kind of thing. See, this just sounds stressful to me. Well, it's so... It's a lot of information to absorb initially, which is why becoming a private pilot is kind of the biggest step in becoming any kind of pilot. Right. But Learning how to do it initially is the hardest part. So you don't worry about it now? No. At, the, at this point, I, you just, all throughout flight training, you just build more and more knowledge on top of what you know. Yeah. And you don't really learn a whole lot of new stuff after you're instrument rated. It's just understanding more stuff do you feel like so you went through your cfwi process in like four or five months right like it when you got all your flights double is like less than a month usually but like you for like cfi and cfwi all of your instructor stuff you got through that in like four months max yeah like four months to six months something like that i don't know exactly do you think like obviously you you met all the standards you did all the flight time that you you were required you passed all of your exams but do you feel like how quickly you went through that makes you have some of the imposter syndrome nah i felt pretty prepared to take on students like from a knowledge standpoint and an ability standpoint i had confidence in my ability it's just having the actually having the responsibility feels weird yeah that makes sense yeah but yeah i I just feel like everyone our ages, whether like you're a pilot and you have imposter syndrome as for as or for teaching other people to fly or like me, where you're just like trying to keep up with a house and cooking and stuff and you feel like oh this is a lot not like too much, like obviously I can handle it, but it's just like this is like why weird. am I yeah, weird. Why am I trusted to do this? Like I know other friends that have, like, more business-setting jobs, and they feel some imposter syndrome about, like, I'm not qualified to manage this person's money, or, like, <laughs> I'm not qualified to run this office full of people and, like, keep this company 
going but like obviously they are because they haven't been fired from their positions or like mom friends who are like i have a small human to take care of and that's weird so like no matter where you are in life or like what position in life you hold imposter syndrome is super normal especially in your 20s i feel like so don't stress about it too much but also just like try and keep in mind that if things aren't crashing and burning around you you probably are qualified it's probably just part of growing up i think just it getting is. used to new responsibilities yeah so yeah that's the um well i usually say big sis advice of the episode but i guess yeah, you can say big sis advice i guess yeah i mean that's the big sis advice just like imposter syndrome is normal part of life and uh don't fret if you feel it because everybody does but i think that's wrapping up the episode if you guys enjoyed this please rate our podcast um give us a review i think you can rate it on uh spotify and apple follow us on instagram if you want i think i will i'll try to leave the um instagram handle down in the description for this podcast episode Hope you guys enjoyed this, and bye! Bye!